Hello, this is Pastor Marty Macedo from Fellow Helpers Ministries bringing you another podcast from the Pastor's Study, Biblical Lessons in the Battlefield of Life from a retired pastor of 45 years who was saved after serving as a Staff Sergeant Airborne Ranger in Vietnam. My testimony is shared in podcast number one. It is my desire to share with you lessons the Lord has taught me over my years of living as a Christian and serving as a pastor. These podcasts are intended to whet your appetite for further personal Bible study. They'll be short, 20 to 30 minutes, and having your Bible and something to jot down notes might be helpful. If you have any questions, you can contact me by email, masitofhm at gmail.com, M-A-S-I-T-T-O-F-H-M for Fellow Helpers Ministries at gmail.com. The title of our Bible study today is Eyewitness Testimony to the Resurrection from Mark chapter 16, verses 9 through 14. In this passage of scripture, we find three accounts of those who witnessed the resurrection of Jesus Christ firsthand. Each account has a purpose for being recorded and a point for us to apply today. So let's begin by reading the passage and having a word of prayer. Mark chapter 16, beginning at verse 9. Now when Jesus was risen early the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven devils. And she went and told them that had been with him, as they mourned and wept. And they, when they had heard that he was alive and had been seen of her, believed not. After that he appeared in another form unto two of them, as they walked and went into the country. And they went and told it unto the residue, neither believed they them. Afterward, verse 14, he appeared unto the eleven as they sat at meat, and abraded them with their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. Shall we pray? Father, we know that we just celebrated here a couple of weeks ago the resurrection of our Savior, Jesus Christ, and we are so thankful that in this Gospel of Mark, we have recorded these eyewitness accounts. Pray as we look at them today that we would see the purpose and the point and apply them to our own heart today. In Jesus' name, amen. I don't know how you are when you hear about some event that's taken place, but I always like to hear from eyewitnesses to the event. I remember a number of years ago, there was a rally in the State House Capitol in Ohio And there were a number of accounts of how the rally took place. It was in regard to Christian education, and it was designed to get the attention of the governor as well as the state representatives as they were considering some new minimum standards that could be harmful to Christian schools. And I remember reading some of the accounts after the rally. I was not able to go myself, and I questioned whether they were accurate or not. They seemed like there was a lot of variety of opinion in the way they were written up. But then I came across an article by Pastor John Ashbrook, and the title of the article was, I Was There, a first-hand account of the Statehouse Rally for Christian Education. And here, I finally had an eyewitness account of, that captured the event just beautifully. As we're looking at Mark today, we are noticing that there are some eyewitness accounts of the resurrection of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. These people were there. You'll notice the word appearance appears three times in these verses. Verse 9 says, Now when Jesus Christ was risen early, the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene. 
You'll notice also in verse 12 it says, After that he appeared in another form to two of them. And then in Mark 16, verse 14 it says, Afterward he appeared unto the eleven. Now the word appeared means to come into sight, to become visible or noticeable. In fact, as we take a look at the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we note that Luke covers in great detail what Mark covers very briefly. I remember hearing a number of years ago the reference to Mark being Jesus' cameraman. And uh, in regard to the cameraman, Mark just makes little quick snapshots of these different events and things that took place in Jesus' life. Now, Luke gives more detail as the physician. In fact, there are some 45 verses in Luke that deal with what we're studying here today versus the six verses that we find here in Mark. But Jesus appeared. Now, these aren't the only appearances of the Lord Jesus, not the only time that he came into sight and made himself visible. There were actually, on the day of the resurrection, five appearances recorded in Scripture. And then there were also, in the 40 days following, five other appearances. In fact, one of them consisted of about 500 men, 1 Corinthians 15. So when we take a look at what we're studying today, we are seeing at least three accounts of eyewitnesses of the Lord Jesus Christ. And as we take a look at these three accounts, as I mentioned earlier, that are given to us by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, we see there is a purpose to them and there are points to be made by them. So with that in mind, let's take a look at our passage and look at each one of these three and give them a title. The first one is Mary Magdalene. She's in Mark chapter 16, verses 9 through 11, which we just read, and we can subtitle this, A Woman Deeply Indebted to Him. A Woman Deeply Indebted to Him. When you look at Mary Magdalene, you might ask this question. Jesus appeared unto her first. Why? And I believe the answer to that is that she kept him first. When you look at verse 9, we see that reference. Now, when Jesus was risen early the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene. Now, when you talk about this, you'll see in the other gospel accounts that in Matthew 28, 1 and Mark 1, 16, 1 and uh, Luke 24, 10, and John 21, that she was the first one to come to the sepulcher. And I believe that's because she put Jesus first in her life, and she was always there first uh, to be able to observe and to hear what he had to say and what he was going to do. The second thing I believe Jesus appeared unto her first was because she was deeply indebted to him for what he had did for her. You'll see that again in our verse, chapter 16 of Mark, and verse 9, it says at the end of that verse, Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven devils. Now, when you look at that phrase, seven devils, that's pointed out by Mark, that makes us think of Matthew 28. I'm sorry. That makes us think of Matthew chapter 12, 43 through 45, and Luke chapter 11, verses 24 through 26. Let me read the Luke account of this. Listen to what it says. And when the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places seeking rest and finding none. He saith, I'll return to my house whence I came out. And when he cometh, he findeth it swept and garnished. 
Then goeth he and taketh to him seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter in and dwell there. And the last state of the man is worse than the first. This is talking about a demon possessing a person, as a demon possessed Mary Magdalene. Then there's a period of time where that demon is kind of cast out or encouraged to get out and leaves. But then that demon wanders around and comes back and finds the house swept and garnished, but brings back seven other spirits worse than the first. So the description of Mary Magdalene, when it says, out of whom he had cast seven devils, he was pointing out the fact that she was deeply indebted to him because of what he had done for her. There's a lesson to be learned here, and the lesson is this. Sometimes people try to exercise reformation in their life. Sometimes it's self-reformation in their life. In other words, I don't like the way things are going, and I'm going to seek to change things. And they try to make changes, and they try to sweep and garnish their house. But self-reformation is different than total transformation. When a person tries to clean up their life their self, they're going to try to reform and change. But when a person comes to the Lord Jesus Christ and trusts him to change them and to, and to save them, then there is a total transformation. 2 Corinthians 5.17 puts it this way, If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things pass away, all things become new. Now, as I'm speaking on this podcast today, I have to stop here for a moment and ask this question. As Mary Magdalene, a woman indebted to him, witnessed the resurrected Savior, saw him appearance on the first, first to her, and she was indebted to him for him cleaning her and, and freeing her of these seven demons. Let me ask a question. What's your spiritual status with the Lord? Are you a person who's just been self-reforming? Are you a person that's just been kind of going along with uh, Christian life or kind of going along with cleaning up your own life by sweeping and garnishing it? Or are you a person who came to the end of yourself, recognized that your sin was going to cost you eternal damnation, and recognized that Jesus Christ died on the cross to give you eternal life, and have you repented of your sin and trusted in him and experienced a total transformation? That's what happened with Mary Magdalene. As we turn back in our Bible to Mark chapter 16, verses 6 to 11, we see Mary Magdalene experienced a total transformation, and as a result, she was deeply indebted to him. And he appeared unto her first, and then she was able to go ahead and carry that testimony to others. Now, when I talk about that testimony to others, I want us to note verses 10 and 11 of Mark 16. And she went and told them that had been with him as they mourned and wept. I believe those would primarily be the disciples. Verse 11, and they, when they had heard that he was alive and had been seen of her, sadly, the next two words are, believed not. So here, here Mary Magdalene was able to give a clear testimony that Jesus Christ had risen from the dead, and yet those whom she shared it with believed not. So the first person that Jesus appeared to, Mary Magdalene, a woman deeply indebted to him, 
And we would have to admit, if we know the Lord Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, we are deeply indebted to him also and should be keeping him first in our life. The second thing I'd like for us to note takes in verses 12 and 13 of Mark 16. Two of them, two of them. Verse 12 and 16 read, After that he appeared in another form and to two of them as they walked and went into the country. And they went and told it unto the residue, neither believed they them. Now, these, I would subtitle, are who were deeply impressed by him. These are two men who were deeply impressed by him. Now, thankfully, in the book of Luke, chapter 24, uh, we've got a lot more detail in regard to what's taking place here. When you take a look at uh, Luke chapter 24, beginning at verse 13 and moving down through verse 35, we have quite a bit of detail here in regard to this incident that's covered by Mark in only a couple of verses. And obviously, we won't have time to go through all of this passage, but hopefully you can read it sometime later and see more of the details. Sufficient to say for our study today is this. When we look at these two that are on their way out of Jerusalem, going back on the road to Damascus, excuse me, on the road to Emmaus, we, we see two men who are discouraged and we see two men who are disappointed. And in Luke chapter 24, verse one, it's the first day of the week and they're heading out of town and away from what had been experienced. And they're, they're sorrowful, they're saddened, what they had hoped that the Messiah would give victory over Rome, they find the Messiah was dead on the cross. And they, they were leaving. They were saying there's no reason to stick around, no reason to hang around. And if you'll notice in verse uh, 24, verse 1, I mentioned that a moment ago, it was a Sabbath day. And 24, verse 13 uh, says this, Luke chapter 24, verse 13. And behold, two of them went that same day, that's referring back up to chapter 24, verse 1, the Sabbath day, or excuse me, the first day of the week. And on the first day of the week, chapter 24, verse 1, we see on that same day, chapter 24, verse 13, these two walking back home. Now, when you look at this, I think there's four things that we can note. And I'm going to have to slow down, aren't I? I'm going a little too fast and I'm getting myself even tongue-tied. But as we look at these two men, we can note four things about them that I think are very important. Number one, their eyes were holden, verse 16. Now the word holden means held back or veiled. Here's what we read in verse 16 of Luke 24. But their eyes were holden that they should not know him. Because of that, you'll see in verse 21, their hearts were broken. Their hopes of deliverance were dashed. Verse 21 reads this way, But we trusted that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel, and beside all this, today is the third day since these things were done. So here their eyes are holden and their hearts are broken, and then we see a change. In verse 31, their eyes were opened. Verse 31 says, And their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanquished out of their sight. And then we see that their hearts were molten, verse 32. The idea of molten is the idea of burning. 
And you'll notice verse 32 says, And they said one to another, Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked with us by the way, and while he opened to us the scriptures? Now that's quite a big difference, isn't it? You'll see eyes were holding, hearts were broken. Then eyes were open and hearts were molten. They were on fire for the Lord. What made the difference? Well, the difference was Jesus Christ ministered to them the word of God, and he ministered to them the word of God, the things that pertain to himself. We can summarize it briefly by taking a look at Luke 24 and noticing verse 25. Then he said unto them, O fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have offered these things and to have entered into his glory? Verse 27 is a key. And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So the issue that changed them from eyes holden to hearts broken to eyes open and hearts molten was they came face to face with the truth of the word of God and what it taught about Jesus Christ. And as he taught those things to them, their eyes were open and their hearts were molten. Again, what a change took place. As we saw with Mary Magdalene, what's the point and what's the purpose of that? Well, there was a change that took place in her. It wasn't reformation, just trying to clean things up a little bit, but it was a total transformation in trusting in Christ and being cleansed of these seven demons and they were even worse than the first. And the same thing we're seeing here with these two disciples on the road to Emmaus. Uh, they were in a situation where a great change took place in them. From being discouraged and disappointed and going away, they now are turning around and running back to Jerusalem with their testimony of seeing the Lord. In fact, if you look at Luke 24 again and notice verse 34, you read these words saying, The Lord is risen indeed and hath appeared to Simon. And they told what things were done in the way and how he was known of them in breaking of bread. What a change took place in the life of these two. Yes, they were those who were deeply impressed by him and gave their life to him, believing in him as the Savior. Now, the third thing we're going to look at as we go back to the book of Mark is this. The third thing is the eleven. The eleven. We read this in verse 14. Well, by the way, before we go to verse 14, let me finish a couple thoughts in regard to the two of them. When you look at Mark chapter 16 and the two of them, we see in verse 12, after that he appeared in another form unto two of them as they walked and went into the country. Verse 13 says, and they went and told it unto the residue. Now, I believe the residue would be those, again, disciples, as well as some others that had followed Jesus. But notice again, it says, neither believed they them. Neither believed they them. So when Mary Magdalene, verse 11, she goes and she tells those who were mourning and weeping that she saw him, they believed not. And now these two go back to those who are the residue and neither believed they them. So one woman witnessed the resurrected Jesus. They didn't believe. Now two men witnessed the resurrected Jesus. They didn't believe. 
Now let's take a look at the 11 in Mark chapter 16, verse 14. Afterward, he appeared unto the 11 as they sat at meat and abraded them with their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. Where we find Mary Magdalene, a woman deeply indebted to him, and we find the two of them, those who were deeply impressed by him, we now find the 11 who were deeply insensitive to him. And that's a sad thing, isn't it? You would think the 11 would be the ones that would be the first ones to believe. But the truth of the matter was they were insensitive to him and as a result believed not at this point. Now, when I say insensitive, I think there's a number of areas that they were showing insensitivity. Number one, they were insensitive to his word. You see, Jesus taught them, and we see it in Mark chapter 8, verse 31, that he would raise on the third day. Mark chapter 8, in verse 31, we read these words. It says, And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things, and be rejected of the elders and of the chief priests and scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. Chapter 9 of Mark, verses 9 through 10, refer to the same thing, the idea that he would be raised again. You'll also see in chapter 9, verse 31, the same thing. For he taught his disciples and said unto them, The Son of Man is delivered into the hands of men, and they shall kill him, and after that he is killed, he shall be risen, he shall rise the third day. And chapter 10, verses 32 and 34 talk about the very same thing. So there's at least four clear instances leading up to Mark 16, where Jesus is teaching about his resurrection, but these 11 were insensitive to his word. And when Mary Magdalene came and testified of it, when the two men on the road to Emmaus came and testified of it, it says in Mark 16, they believed not. Why is that? Well, they were not only insensitive to his word, but they were insensitive to his witnesses, Mary Magdalene and two of them. And then the reason is they were insensitive to the working of the Holy Spirit. Look at verse 14 as that summarized. Afterward, he appeared unto the eleven as they sat at meat and abraded them with their unbelief. Jesus is looking at the eleven, your unbelief and hardness of heart. The Holy Spirit is trying to show you, but you have a hard heart because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. Now, thankfully, in Luke 24, we find they did come to the place of finally believing as Jesus appeared to them also. And that's a wonderful thing, but it would have been a lot easier and a lot more pleasant if they would have simply have believed the witnesses. But they were insensitive to his word. Are you insensitive to God's word? Are there things he has shown and taught you that you're just overlooking? Uh, he, they were insensitive to his witnesses. Are you insensitive to God's witnesses? Those who may be even spiritually more mature than you, trying to teach you or share with you things about Christ? You just kind of let in one ear and out the other? Insensitive to the work of his Holy Spirit. Do you have a hard heart where the Lord's trying to show you something and trying to teach you something and you're being resistant to it? You don't want to be that way. We don't want to be insensitive to him like these 11 were initially, but we rather want to be sensitive to him 
that's much more important and much more valuable. So as we take a look at this passage of Scripture and summarize it, I believe that we can read Acts chapter 10, verses 39 through 41. We see the three sets of witnesses in Mark 16, and I want you to hear their testimony in Acts chapter 10, beginning at verse 39. Acts 10 and verse 39 says this, And we are witnesses. These are the apostles now, later, as they get their life straight with the Lord and are sensitive to his word and witnesses in the Holy Spirit. And we are witnesses of all things which he did both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they slew and hanged on a tree. Him God raised up the third day and showed him openly, not to all the people, but unto witnesses chosen before of God, even to us who did eat and drink with him after he rose from the dead. So thankfully, even though Mark says that they initially believed not or had unbelief, thankfully they did believe and became themselves then witnesses to what the Lord had done and the risen Savior that gives us eternal life. So, in looking at this passage of scripture, I just love it. I love Mark, the cameraman. He takes brief shots and brief glimpses and reports them in such a succinct manner. And I just love the fact that he puts in verses 9 through 14 of Mark chapter 16, these three witnesses, making a, giving a purpose to it and making a point in it. Mary Magdalene, a woman that uh, was, excuse me, Mary Magdalene, a woman that was deeply indebted to him. And she put him first and he put her first. And she rejoiced in the fact that she did not experience just reformation, but transformation as he freed her from those demons. The idea of the two men, those who were deeply impressed by him, even though they started out depressed and discouraged and their eyes were holding and their, and their hearts were broken, they came to see him through the word of God, Moses, and the teaching of the prophets, and their eyes were open and their hearts were molten, and they went back rejoicing and giving testimony to the residue. And then we see the 11 who initially were deeply insensitive to him, insensitive to his word, insensitive to the witnesses, insensitive to the Holy Spirit, but thankfully they responded properly and they yielded and they gave their heart and life to Jesus Christ and believed in the resurrected Savior and spent the rest of their life serving and giving testimony of him. Well, I mentioned in the beginning of this study, I really appreciated reading Pastor Ashbrook's article, I Was There, because it showed me what took place. And I'm so thankful that God in his grace recorded for us in Mark chapter 16, verses 9 through 14, these three sets of witnesses, because they were there. And we can look at it and rejoice together with them. You know, John brings out a very interesting thought about this. As Jesus has appeared to his disciples and, and they finally believed in him, especially Doubting Thomas finally makes a decision to believe in him, Jesus says in John 20, verse 39, Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. I can't imagine the blessing it would have been for these people to actually have seen the resurrected Savior. 
But you know what? We can have that same blessing as we receive the Lord Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. Oh, blessed are they that have seen, for sure, but blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. Have you believed in Jesus Christ as your Savior? If so, you know what that blessing is like. This has been Pastor Marty Macedo of Fellow Helpers Ministries. You may email me at macedofhm at gmail.com. M-A-S-I-T-T-O-F-H-M for Fellow Helpers Ministries at gmail.com. Lord willing, we'll post another Bible study next week. Remember, seeing the resurrected Savior firsthand was a blessing, but we too can receive this blessing. For John 20, 29 says, Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. Have you received your blessing yet by believing and receiving the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior? If not, why not do so today? Thank you for listening and have a great day.